Hey Jeepers, this week we have a tragic story about a fatal accident involving a Jeep and a fighter jet. I've got a secret that I'm not going to share, and I'll be introducing a new contributor to the show. On our new Wrangler Extreme segment, Nate from SWB Crawler talks about soft tops and clearance. And John is back with a follow-up review of the Baofeng HT Ham Radio. I'll be talking about the Grand Cherokee getting some off-road routes back and some tips and tricks for installing LED underhood lights in your Jeep. All that and more coming up on episode 222 of the Jeep Talk Show. LT Wright knives are handcrafted in Ohio with the finest locally sourced materials. They build everything from everyday carry to bushcraft and even overland specific. Everything LTWK builds comes with a lifetime guarantee and is designed from the ground up to be a solid working knife. Find out more online at ltwrightknives.com. That's L-T-W-R-I-G-H-T, knives.com. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. First week in G. Well, this is actually about breaking news, as this has happened literally about six hours ago. Uh, there's been tragedy in a Jeep and an Air Force base. On highway on a highway near uh, Fresno, California, the highway patrol pulled over to help out a Jeep that was stopped on the shoulder, despite the efforts of the officers to do a good deed. And for reasons still unknown to police, the Jeep's driver got spooked and darted away, driving fast and erratically. The police gave chase, but officers had to quickly call off the ground pursuit after the Jeep started driving in the wrong lane against traffic on Highway 198. Helicopter continued the pursuit from the air as the driver somehow forced his way through the the Lemoore Naval Air Station's main security gate. Seven miles inside the base, the SUV eventually struck an F-18E Super Hornet at speed, killing the female passenger instantly and severely injuring the male driver, who later died at a local hospital. After the crash, the CHP helicopter landed to take custody of the driver and coordinate ground units to the location. Neither occupant was affiliated with the military, and authorities don't believe the base was targeted in the incident. The Navy isn't taking the breach lightly, however, and has promised to bolster their efforts to keep the, the base secure. Captain Monty Ashelman, a commander of the Naval Air Station, told reporters at a press conference earlier today, regardless of procedures we have in place, something went wrong and we had a tragic accident and we had some loss. We have damage to an aircraft and we have two losses of life. So we've got to figure out a way to prevent that from happening in the future. Investigations are reportedly underway as the Navy tries to understand what went wrong in their security strategy. Well, in some lighter news, it's about time, as I would say. After a four-year absence, Jeep has finally made a smart move now regarding the Grand Cherokee. Jeep is restoring its off-road-centric Trailhawk trim from the 2017 model year, a move that has had a lot of Grand owners very happy. The brand last produced a Trailhawk trim level for the Grand Cherokee for the 2013 model year, but discontinued it the following year. Jeep has also decided on giving a minor facelift to the look of the Grand Cherokee's top and summit trim level for 2017 as well converting several options to standard features on the brand's most luxurious SUV. Features like 20-inch polished aluminum wheels, quilted leather door accents, lane departure warning, auto-folding side mirrors, and headlamp washers. The the Summit features a new front fascia design as well, grille and LED fog lamps, as well as parallel and perpendicular park assist and adaptive cruise control. How's that for luxury? 
Getting back to the off-road, the Trailhawk package comes with Jeep's top-end quad-drive 2 4x4 system with electronic limited slip rear differential and a slightly modified version of the Grand Cherokee's air suspension system. Together, the package gives the Trailhawk much better articulation and suspension travel than its predecessors. Undercarriage skid plates and an anti-glare hood decal are also all standard, making this luxury SUV really stand out on the trail. Inside, the Grand Trailhawk features a unique badging and interior treatments, including specialized off-road applications on the SUV's 8.4-inch touchscreen infotainment system. I, for one, can't wait to get down to the dealership and check that out for myself. Jeep has specialized Trailhawk off-road trims for the Cherokee and Renegade as well. Pricing both the 2017 Jeep Grand Cherokee Trailhawk and Summit trims were not announced, but I'm guessing if you have to ask, you probably don't want to know. Either way, both are expected in showrooms late this summer. I want to take a big thanks, uh, give a big thanks to all of you guys out there who help us out each and every week by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you guys have a response to one of our stories uh, or some, you have, have something you think we should be reporting on, by all means, please send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. So let me make sure I heard this right. A Jeep yeah. collided with a F-18 Hornet while the Hornet... And they were both on the ground. Well, yeah, while the Hornet was taken <laughs> off or landing or something. Uh, well, this was, uh, they have several air st stations out there. There's, so, there's right. several battalions out there. And this F-18 was way off on a runway that is, is rarely used. They use it for training and, and other stuff. This is a very large facility. Sure, sure. And uh, the Jeep apparently didn't go through the standard checkpoint. I'm guessing oh, they probably no. went through a fence or something like that. Uh, they're really curious as to how this Jeep got on the base one and two, how it was able to get so far into the base without being stopped. I'm wondering how they even made it that far in without getting shot at so many times. That's true. Maybe that's maybe that's part of uh, of why they crashed into an F-18 because well they were DOA. So uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, this was breaking news. This happened earlier today. So that's as amazing. we were recording this on Thursday, uh, this is is definitely tragic news. But there's still a lot of details that are probably not going to be released anytime soon. Sure, Thursday. Uh, March 31st, uh, in, in just in case uh, you guys, there's no telling when you're listening to this, actually. I was just, I just couldn't help but think, not to make too much, too light of the situation, because yeah. people were, were uh, killed. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking that your standard 50, 50, uh, 15 insurance coverage isn't going to handle the damage to the Hornet. Probably not. A multi-million dollar aircraft. Yeah, even they though are it's also, because uh, <laughs> the questions were asked about what, damage specifically was done to the f-18 hornet and uh, they are not releasing that information at this time so well, they don't want the russians are th there could have been some sensitive <laughs> materials that were uh damaged they we don't, don't know. they don't want the russians or the uh the terrorists go, to go steal jeeps and running into airplanes you know and know, know what kind of damage they're going to be doing now it's actually a good idea you don't want to release that information because you don't know how it's going to be used but very very interesting story yeah. and uh i you know i i don't often think of this uh and i apologize but uh, big thanks uh, to you, Josh, for doing great oh, stories you. like this every week for us on uh, This Week in Jeep. Uh, good job. I know I uh, don't say it often enough, and uh, uh, there's a reason for that because you get really too cocky. So <laughs> we're going to risk it. We're going to risk it tonight. I mean, it's about time. Dang it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast at my mom's house. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. Jeep is off-road. Jeep is about the journey. Jeep has a great story. 
a story that I want to tell. I'm a voiceover talent, and I'm going off-road with a grassroots marketing campaign to voice for Jeep. Want to join me on the ride? I could sure use the company. Please tag Jeep. Post a link to kb4jeep.com. Add a message and use the hashtag MyJeepStory. Thanks, Jeep Talk Show, and your listeners for your support along this crazy journey. See you on the social media trail. Hey, folks, coming up on Wrangler Talk, Wrangler Talk gets a little extreme. Stay tuned. I don't think Wrangler Talk can get anything, anything little. Yeah, well, actually, well, I'll, yeah. oh, I almost gave it away. Sorry, Tammy. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Tammy's like, no, don't, Shut don't do it. <laughs> See, the, you, you're going to learn. I tell me stuff like my wife does. So, uh, let me tell you guys, uh, we are not going to be doing a, uh, uh, the Jeep Cherokee, uh, from stock to Wheeler tonight, uh, because, uh, we got a jam packed show and, uh, we're going to roll right past here, but we will be that back next week with it. Uh, and, uh, we'll be ta- giving you more info about how to get your uh, Cherokee out there on the trails and, not getting stuck as quite as often okay and now something we all look forward to each and every week and that's hearing from the mind of nikki g from the mind of nikki g hey this is nikki g and uh got a few ideas for tammy uh, i don't really Snapchat or Instagram or use the Twitter or any of that social media. I come more along the lines of Josh on that. The Twitter. And uh, where I'm ain't too techno savvy. Although I think Josh is techno savvy. He's just maybe like a hermit or something. Who knows? But uh, so I, I would enjoy following your adventure. But I was thinking there's other people out there like that that don't use computers and stuff that would like to follow your Jeep adventure and uh, perhaps maybe uh, in a book form. And I know you're a busy mom, so uh, I volunteer to ghostwrite it for you. Oh boy. Just as long as uh, spelling and grammar is not too important. I was going to say. And uh, we could uh, title it. How dare you. Purple Nurple, the Jeep that oh, Legos built. No. All right, gentlemen, girls. I will uh, chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. Now That's you- it. I'm, I'm making Tammy a new window sticker. <laughs> a new windshield window sticker is going to be purple nurple. Now you have boys, so you know what a purple nurple is, right, uh, Tammy? Uh-huh. Okay. We, call, we uh-huh. called it a we called it a purple Herbie when I was growing up. <laughs> uh, okay. Gee. It's a Midwest uh, thing. I don't know. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well. Moving right along. That would be, uh, we need to sneak up there to Maryland and take off the Rubicon sticker and put in purple, the purple nurple on the side of her Jeep instead of the Rubicon. That would be perfect. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> All right, Tammy. Oh, are you going to do the intro? Are we going to? You weren't going to be doing a full segment. So, uh, you know. Okay. Well, um, Wrangler talks a little different tonight. Um, First of all, I want to say um, on my blog today, I did a, a little piece on um, I got to drive a lifted Jeep. Chris from Jeep's Needs um, let me drive his Jeep to test it out to see what it was like so I could compare the difference um, on the road since I've li- driven a lifted Jeep oh, on that's the trails. Right. Uh, only off-road. Anyway, huh? Only off-road. I, I, didn't, uh, I was just thinking about yeah. the Clayton thing, and uh, yeah. that makes sense. You haven't driven uh, a lifted Jeep yeah. off-road. I mean, on-road. Uh, the bug has bit like it hasn't bit me before, but it's bit me really big this time. His Jeep was amazing. 
on the um, just driving around the town. Um, so now I'm just like really itching to make changes to my Jeep. So anyway, check out my blog at www.jeepmama.com. Um, and folks, you know, I'm still a beginner. Some people call me a noob. Some people call me, you know, lots of other names I won't mention here. But anyway, I'm new to the world of Jeeps somewhat. It's, you know, been a couple of years now um, since I got my Jeep, but I'm still learning every day and I learn so much each day. But I think the Wrangler segment needs just a little bit more. So I'm going to introduce you to Nate from SWB Crawler. And he's joining us with a new segment we're going to call Wrangler Extreme. Howdy, guys and girls. We have some great news. We have uh, uh, officially added a, another uh, member to our team. Uh, he, you will know him as Nate, and he's going to be talking about Wranglers. He's not here to replace uh, Tammy at all. Tammy kind of knows things on the beginner side, and Nate's been wheeling for quite a while uh, in his uh, Jeep Wrangler, and uh, we are going to find out more about that here in a little interview with Nate. Nate, thank you very much for stepping up to the plate uh, or the seat and uh, taking over uh, the reins of another uh, seat. I, I guess at some point we're going to have like musical chairs and just play music and then see who's left uh, in the seat. But uh, anyway, so tell the folks that, a little bit about yourself. Great. Yeah, tell, tell the folks a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got to this point. So first, thanks for, uh, for giving me the opportunity to, uh, to join your, your show, even as a, a temporary or in and out, whatever. Um, hi, I'm Nate. Uh, I have my own site, swbcrawler.com, a short wheelbase crawler if you're, under, if you're not sure what SWB is all about. Ah, I was thinking like Southwest Texas, but this is a, like a B. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm up here in Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, somebody <laughs> has to be. Texas. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, been a Wrangler owner in one form or another since... Somewhere in 1999. I don't think I've been without a Wrangler since. Um, or at least, I think I had a Cherokee for a little while there. But so, have you been up in, uh, up in Pennsylvania all your life? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm living currently like two miles from the house I grew up in. It's actually my grandparents' place. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, haven't, I'm uh, I haven't moved further I'm than 50 like, miles like from... I, I haven't moved from uh, further than 50 miles from where I was born. So, I can uh, definitely identify with that. Um, yeah. So, so uh, what was your first Jeep? So my first Jeep was a 1990 uh, YJ, a little 2.5 with a with a manual transmission. Mm -hmm. uh, bought the thing for like five grand from uh, one of these roadside shops who had apparently pulled it out of a junkyard and fixed it up and sold it. <laughs> oh, that's not that's not so bad. Those things really uh, hold their uh, the values well. All the Wranglers have. Yeah, no, they do. I bought it in. Uh, I want to say it was 99. Might have been late 98. Come to think of it, I think it was early 99. Um, like I said, the thing was almost 10 years old when I bought it. Uh, I paid like four or five grand for it. So yeah, mm -hmm. you consider. <laughs> so what was the Jeep after that? Uh, after that, so the, the two five didn't have a whole lot of, uh, no. power. No. So I, <laughs> I had been trying to get myself into something with a four O and I went up to a 92 Wrangler, mm -hmm. which, uh, if you go to my site, you see there's a blue YJ all over the place. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's that, that was a, uh, 1992 Jeep YJ Islander. Mm -hmm. um, I love that Jeep. Uh, I still regret getting rid of it. <laughs> uh, I just, I can't see how anybody gets rid of a Jeep. I, and that's one of the common things I say anytime somebody says I'm, they're selling it, I put on there, you're going to be sorry. Uh, I, yeah, I know, that, was a, that was a tough choice. I, um, <laughs> I know circumstances I some, that, sometimes occur where you have to sell them. 
uh, or something better is coming along. But uh, it's just, you know, you look back fondly. It was like I, I, at the time that I sold it, I had, I had uh, modified it to the spring over Mm -hmm. and a lot of other stuff that I'd done to it. I had a lot of plans for the future, but uh, my wife and I had recently had our first daughter and uh, it was sitting in the garage and it sat for probably two years. I didn't even take it out and wheel it. I had bent the tie rod on a on a, a trip, and that was like just enough to demotivate me. And <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Finally, it. I decided that the the money I could get for it was was worth more at the time than actually having the Jeep. But, right. Uh, to this day, I still regret selling that Jeep. I'd still have it now. I'm sure I'd still be wheeling it if I uh, if I'd kept it. So you've been uh, off road and in several Jeeps. I guess you have a JK or JKU now. So I uh, after the the blue one. Um, I had, I took the money that I had made, part of the money anyway from that, used it as a down payment on a 13 two-door JK. Mm -hmm. And after about a year and a half of driving it and being scared to death to scratch it or take it (laughs) off-road because I owed so much money on it, I traded it in on an 05 LJ. And I love this thing. That's what I'm driving now. It's a 2005 LJ. That's also all over the website at the moment. So that's a long TJ, basically. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, Jeep Wrangler Unlimited 05. This, this was the Unlimited before they had the four doors. Right. Well, so excellent. It's, it's a pretty desirable platform. It's a slightly longer wheelbase than the TJ, mm-hmm. you know, standard TJ. It's not as long as the four door, but uh, I'm liking it. It's right. Nice so you durable. so you get that, uh, that that longer wheelbase like the Cherokee has and makes it a little easier to get up and over things is, is what I've been told. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, I haven't checked, but I keep meaning to. I want to find out what the wheelbase is on the Cherokee and compare it to the wheelbase on the LJ and see mm-hmm. if they're the same or not. They do look very similar. Yeah, I think it's real close, if not exactly the, the same. So uh, tell us a little about uh, uh, what you're going to bring uh, to uh, this, uh, this fourth seat that you're going to be filling for us. So uh, the, the whole thing that motivated me to contact you was uh, I really enjoy the, the Wrangler Talk section you have, um, but a lot of it is stuff that I've, I've already come across stuff that I already know. And while it's entertaining and I like to hear people talk about it, I thought you might benefit from a little deeper uh, Wrangler tech. So I've done a lot of uh, custom work on my Wranglers over the years. I've done a lot of fabrication. I've done a lot of modifications. I've done a lot of wheeling. And I think uh, you know, that, that could augment your, uh, your, your Wrangler, the Wrangler side. So it's a little more equal to your, uh, your XJ side on your talk show. Yep, and it sounded uh, it was great hearing from you and uh, your offer to do this for us. Uh, Tammy does a great job. She's a beginner and she's learning, and uh, she gets uh, to to tell people that are in her same position, uh, and maybe even some folks that are a little further ahead. They get to relive those fun times of uh, what they had to go through to get to where they are. So uh, I think it's a, a a great opportunity for the Jeep Talk Show uh, for, to get you on here to give us a little more of the experience side of things. And uh, so we'll, we're going to be hitting both sides of the Wrangler with uh, Tammy and her beginner's experience, and now Nate with his uh, more uh, detailed experience. So we're really looking yep. forward to oh. that, Nate. Do we have, uh, maybe you have an idea of what's going to be coming up in some of your segments. Uh, let, let the folks know what, uh, uh, what you're going to be talking about, if you have something on your plate already. Yeah, sure. So uh, the, uh, the LJ that I'm driving is, I, I bought it, it was pretty much bone stock when I picked it up. Uh, so I've been mulling over a lot of ideas on how to get from bone stock to something a little more uh, uh, capable. And uh, some of those ideas I've been trying to 
put into segments for your show. So, you know, things like that first lift kit that everyone ends up throwing away later, <laughs> yes. you know, um, some simple mods that, that may be a little more on the expensive side, but make sense to do early, uh, that sort of thing. And, uh, just, I, uh, I don't have a ton of money to throw at my Jeeps. So I, I like to do a lot of, you know, low buck modifications. Those are those are things I like to share because I, I figure everybody can benefit from saving a little bit of money. Oh, I don't think any of us have as much money as we need to actually build our Jeeps the way we oh, want never. to. So saving money is exactly what I think everybody needs. And if and if right. they don't, screw them. Go <laughs> go buy what you want. <laughs> right, right, right. So I've I've written a few uh, you know like blog posts and whatnot on my own site, mm -hmm. and I, I sort of I I, I want to move into the uh, the audio video realm with with some of that uh, instead of just Typing out words, I'd like to translate those into you know more like segments on the Jeep Talk Show. So you're a teacher, just like we try to be on the Jeep Talk Show. I mean, we try to be entertaining as well, but uh, the the main thing uh, I think we like doing is informing people and letting people know what they can and can't do with their Jeeps. And uh, everybody should know that a stock Jeep is a, a very powerful tool, and uh, making modifications mm -hmm. to it it's a lot of fun. Uh, it makes it your own, uh, but uh, uh, it just makes it even more capable. Yeah, just this past year, I had the LJ out uh, bone stock. I think I put some 31s on it, and I put a Curry anti-rock on it. That was one of the first mods I did do it, mm -hmm. so that I could uh, get rid of the, the sway bar disconnects. Right. And we, we took it out wheeling a little over a little, a little under a year ago at this point, and the stuff I was able to do with it were just outright amazing. <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's great to, to to take your Jeep off road and see what you're going to do. Uh, see what it will do, what its uh, abilities are, and then when you make that modification, you learn uh, why those modifications are important. And uh, yep. we look forward to uh, you sharing that with us uh, here very, very soon. Nate, That's thank perfect. you a lot. Welcome to the team, and uh, we hope to see uh, lots of segments coming from you. Well, thank you. All right, guys. Well, that's Nate. I hope you uh, enjoyed our little uh, brief interview and uh, getting to meet Nate. And uh, we will be playing his segments uh, like we do with our other contributors very, very soon. Folks, and now our first installment of Wrangler Extreme with Nate of SWBCrawler.com. Hi, this is Nate from SWBCrawler.com. I wanted to chat a little bit about the Best Top Trek Top NX. Uh, I recently purchased one for my uh, 2005 Jeep Wrangler uh, Unlimited, and uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the pros and cons, and uh, also some install tips, because I found the top uh, pretty difficult to get installed, and uh, I watched a number of videos about, uh, you know, suggestions on how to get the thing installed and, and whatnot, and I wanted to sort of uh, relay what helped and what didn't. Uh, so first of all, a little backstory. Um, I purchased this 2005 uh, LJ uh, about a year ago, and it came with a factory soft top, which appeared to have had the canvas replaced with a best top, replace a top. Uh, I still had factory hardware, but the, uh, the canvas itself, I even looked at the build sheet from the thing, it, uh, it originally was gray and now it's black, Had a clearly had a best top tag on the, uh, on the top. So it's, it's, it's obvious that it was replaced at some point. It was in pretty good shape. I uh, really had no reason to replace it because it had worn out or anything. But um, I have garage clearance issues. See, I, uh, my, my garage is part of my basement, and uh, there's an overhang from my front porch, and getting a, a Jeep under there is uh, kind of a chore. Um, a stock Jeep like this one fits. Uh, it's, uh, it's on stock height suspension at the moment with 31-inch tires. Um, 
I have plans of making it bigger, though, and I don't want to lose my garage just yet. Now, I had about an inch of clearance with the factory soft top. The thing that drove me toward a frameless top, like the Trek Top NX, was that you can gain yourself several inches above the, uh, the, the top. So if you have clearance problems like I do with a garage, if you put on the Trek, the Trek Top NX, you, uh, you end up with, with less clearance problems above the roof. So I started looking at possibly trading the factory soft top for someone that had a, uh, a frameless top. You know, someone who either wanted to get back out of the frameless top, or maybe, um, well, there's there's roll cage issues. If you have a custom roll cage, it's it's difficult to fit the frameless soft tops. So, you know, someone who's looking to put in a roll cage and had to get back into a factory top. But the search just wasn't going well. So I finally just broke down and bought a Trek Top NX. So uh, now my factory top is just sitting in my basement waiting for someone to come along that might want to buy it. But, at any rate, the... Uh, I ordered the Trek Top NX, and it arrived in, well, about three days. Uh, ordered it through Amazon. With my Amazon Prime, it was nice, quick delivery. Uh, of course, when it arrived, I just couldn't wait to install it. I had planned to let it sit in my garage until a nice, warm, sunny day, because that's step one of installing pretty much any soft top. When they come out of the box, brand new, the fabric is generally very tight, and it needs to stretch a bit. And the way to get that to happen is through the use of heat. Specifically, sunlight works really well for this. So you pick a nice warm day, and you do your top install outside in the sun. You let the top sit out in the sun for a little while so that it can warm up and the fabric expands a bit. Uh, well, experience told me, that is, years of soft top ownership told me, that the right thing to do was to wait for a nice warm sunny day. Uh, years of Jeep ownership told me that there was no way I was going to be able to wait that long. So, of course, uh, in the evening one night after work, just two days ago, I believe it was at this point, uh, it's 30 degrees outside uh, in my nice basement garage that's probably about 55 to 60 degrees, I decide it's time to try to install my Trek Top NX. Looking back, I probably shouldn't have, uh, but I did anyway. So, the top was, of course, very tight, um, but I followed their directions and uh, I got the center section at the top. Now, the center section is essentially sort of a safari top. Uh, and then there's a series of zippers that you can connect the side windows to. There's new uh, door frame, uh, door surrounds that, uh, that the top attaches to. It uses a factory-style header channel above the, the windshield to clip into place. Uh, so I got the center of the top up and running, or connected. And that all went well enough. It was a little tight, but it was okay. Now, the side curtain windows, they sort of, uh, they, they, they attach to the door surrounds, and they go around the rear down bars on the roll cage. And then this, the back window zippers to them. So these are, they're attached to the rail system on the, the body tub. They're attached to a rail at the door surround. There's a zipper at the top, which connects the, uh, the side window to the, the safari top. And then on the back, the, uh, the back window sort of holds it all together. The top is designed to be very tight under normal use. Uh, when it's 55 degrees in your garage, it's extremely tight. I ended up getting all of the windows in place, and all the window, all the zippers started. And then I just sort of laid the top in its fully zippered, or at least partially zippered condition, on top of my roll cage and pulled it as tight as I could. And then I set up a space heater on the inside of the Jeep. Now, I don't recommend you do this unattended, because there's lots of flammable things on the inside of a Jeep. And the last thing I'd like to see you do is burn your Jeep to the ground. Or in my case, burn the Jeep to the ground and my house. That would have been a very, very bad end of the evening. So, 
keep in mind that, you know, all of these things could be catastrophic, and keep an eye on your Jeep if you do this. So, I took a space heater, which was designed to run, you know, in somebody's house, so it's a pretty safe bet to begin with. And I set it up, and I folded up the back seat, and I set the space heater on the floor of the Jeep. Got the, the top as closed as I could, and I turned on the space heater in full blast. And then I sort of tinkered around in my basement for a while, keeping an eye on the Jeep to make sure that nothing caught fire. Uh, after about an hour, things had loosened up just enough that I was able to get all the rails and latches and whatnot in place. And uh, after doing so, I have to say I'm very happy with this top. Uh, it is quieter, I think, than any soft top I've ever, ever used. Uh, the... Uh, at one point, I had a 2013 two-door JK with a soft top, and that had a pretty darn quiet top on it. I want to say that the Trek Top NX is even quieter than that. I'm curious if maybe it'll improve fuel economy, because it seems like it's more aerodynamic. Now, I have no numbers to back that up. I haven't even tried to Google it to find out if anybody else found uh, any benefits, but uh, I'm crossing my fingers. I've been getting a whopping 14 miles per gallon. Anything would help at this point. So, uh, I'll probably follow up some other time with a, a longer-term review of the Trek Top NX. That's a pretty, uh, pretty good investment, I think, especially if you're looking for a top anyway. So, uh, there you go. That's it. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Nate. Uh, we really appreciate that. You know, Tammy, I couldn't help but uh, remember uh, you were talking about uh, tops and getting them back on when it was cold uh, not too long ago. Yeah, I, um, I was trying to, um, I took my top down when it was cold out because it wasn't that cold. And then it, I think it was going to rain or snow, I forget. And I was trying to put it back on. And it's very difficult to put your top back on when it's cold. And if Nate was listening <laughs> to our that segment, he would have known that he should have waited till it warmed up. So um, just kidding, Nate. Um, it is really hard to those Use those soft tops when it's cold. We all get really excited when the brown Santa shows up with the goodies. And, yes. you know, it's like, got to do it, got to do it. Exactly. <laughs> we, we need to learn to have patience, which Jeep owners, we don't. You would think that adults, especially of our advanced years, and that includes you, Josh, would be able to be mature. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking to the wrong person with the costumes <laughs> and the fireworks and the, all the other stuff. <laughs> You know, it's called enjoying life, and uh, that's is. what we're doing with our Jeeps is uh, enjoying life. All right, speaking of enjoyment, uh, there is a great little radio that is just near dirt cheap, and uh, John, pre-order 1982, did a uh, re review of the, how do you say it, Josh, Baofeng, Bofeng? I say Bofeng. Okay. Uh, he did a review, on, uh, yeah, I think he says the he, the, he guesstimates the number, he didn't even take the time to research it. But uh, he's going to do a follow-up review for, uh, here tonight for our uh, um, radio con Radiocom Tech segment. And now it's time for some Radiocom Tech. Another warrior is on the mesa. Same to you, buddy. This is John, and today I'm going to do a follow-up review to something I talked about a few episodes back. Uh, somewhere around episode 89. I believe that was about September 23rd, 2013. And if you've been with us that long, you may recall that I talked about the Baofeng UV5R dual band amateur radio handy talkie. Now I actually have two of these radios and both of them have held up well. 
Uh, one of them does almost daily duty uh, in my Jeep doing, uh, APRS, which I've talked about before. So you can go find uh, those couple episodes there. And listen to that if you want to know what APRS is. But uh, one usually stays in the house or rolls around in the Jeep while the other one uh, does the APRS. And uh, like I said, they both still work well. Um, haven't had any problems with them. The only issue that I've had is with the rubber buttons. And though they're nice, um, the markings on the buttons uh, wear off pretty quickly. So there are a few that are currently unmarked. Um, luckily, I know what they are. But uh, like I said, both of uh, these radios work well, have been. And you can get them now on Amazon for less than $30 or one of their... Uh, counterparts which is really pretty much the same radio um, just with different firmware but there are multiple variations of this radio out now um, some even offering uh, up to eight watts these uh, that i have only have four yeah good radios uh, if you're interested in ham radio it's a cheap and easy way to get into it and um, actually i have three of these radios two of which are mine one of which i've had for the last year and a half because terry um, Gave me his radio to program for him and never came back and picked it up. <laughs> so, Terry, if you by chance are listening to this, come get your radio. I'm going to start charging a storage fee. Come get it. All right. Well, this is John, Pre-Runner 1982. If you have any questions or comments or something you want me to talk about, send me an email. Pre-Runner 1982 at yahoo.com. So I was showing uh, the uh, our uh, audience on YouTube uh, my uh, uh, Baofeng. Uh, I got the same one John was talking about, and I think I got mine for like twenty five bucks. But I've added an extended battery, uh, a microphone, and I had a a very long dual band. Uh, I think it's a Comet uh, antenna that I had for uh, a, an HT that I had a few years back, and uh, I, I didn't sell it with the radio. I kept it, so I got a little adapter and and put it on the the Baofeng. So, um, been having lots of fun with that thing, um, <laughs> Baofeng thing, uh, and uh, it's a great little radio. And you, man, you just can't beat it for. I guess it's up to twenty seven dollars now. Uh, I think I got, like I said, I got mine for like twenty five bucks from uh, Amazon. Free shipping on the Prime. A little bit of a learning curve, and and not the highest audio quality out there uh, from uh, the HTs. But uh, yeah, for an entry level ham, a dual band radio, you can't beat the price, and and it really the. A learning curve on them, not too steep, but uh, but yeah, man, if you're just getting into ham, you want something uh, very inexpensive to get into and get your feet wet with, perfect thing to do it with. Yep, yep. And speaking of perfect things, how about a perfect knife for you? LT Wright Knives are handcrafted in Ohio with the finest locally sourced materials. They build everything from everyday carry to bushcraft and even overland-specific type of knives. Everything that LTWK builds comes with a lifetime guarantee and is designed from the ground up to be a solid working knife. Each piece is constructed with survival in mind, folks. Knives with a proven international pedigree that have been there and back. Bushcraft, hunting, camping, overland, and everyday carry models are all available. New Bushcraft HC is an excellent example of an everyman knife able to do everything from help get the campfire started to skinning some game. Being made from 332nd's 1075 steel with a convex edge, it will resharpen easily even in the field. These heirloom quality pieces will outlast your adventure, so plan well, drive safely, and carry an LTWK. Find out more online at ltwrightknives.com. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good, because I think... I... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Wait Talk. Yahoo! 
Lisa, can I have some more? <laughs> what am I talking about here? I'm talking about lights. I'm talking about lumens. I'm talking about under hood lights, why we want them and how to make them work. Later in the show, guys, I'm going to tell you a little bit about a project I completed recently that many of you out there might even benefit from yourself. Some of us have had this misfortune to have under hood problems when out at night, whether that be late at night, uh, a late night trail recovery on a stubborn obstacle, or your crank position sensor suddenly fails on that late night trip out for ice cream and zip ties. In any case, when throwing the hood open, we'd all be so lucky to have a nice little red flag pointing out the fault, breaker, gremlin. Unfortunately, it's not so. And not always do we, ha we have out that 27 D-cell mag light to illuminate the next county. So, when the cheesy light on your cell phone doesn't cut it, you need something that will be there, even when your preparedness isn't. I'm talking about an under-hood light. And I think they're just about, I think just about every Jeep out there since the mid-90s has had one built into it from the factory. The problem with these is, is they're typically small a small incandescent light, not much brighter than a dome light, especially considering the diffused lens is likely faded, grimy, and caked with dirt. Not exactly what I'd call good optics. And do you really want to hawk some spit at that thing and give that little thing a little swirly with the corner of your shirt? Nah, I didn't think so. So, this is, of course, assuming that it still works to begin with. Forget the fact that it's stationary. What about that mercury or ball switch that doesn't always work? Or the internal connections that are so incredibly prone to corrosion? No, not a good design for keeping the moisture out. So, what can we do to shed some much-needed lumens where, and more importantly, when they're needed the most? Here to the rescue, cheap Chinese LED strip lights. These things have come a long way, folks, in the last couple of years in both output as well as price and quality. The stripper chain versions work the best for this sort of project as the... Uh, the, the paper ones, the kinds that, you know, almost come like on a two-dimensional little strip. Yeah, not so much. You get more than the, you get more than one with your purchase when you buy these things. They come pre-wired, so half the work is already done for you. And they're usually mounted in some sort of watertight, dust-proof, epoxy-filled housing, giving you a mounting option. I was given a set of four years ago by a co-worker. They're definitely not bright enough for rock lights, but would serve very well as, you know, a very good uh, option for cargo lights or, in this, this case, underhood lights. Don't stress too much about mounting these things. Some short self-tapping screws work really well. And before you guys get your panties in a bunch, I'm not suggesting you screw these things through your hood. <laughs> I am suggesting you screw it to your hood, or at least the underside support ribs. These are generally formed sheet metal ribs that are bonded to the single layer hood material to give it strength and to keep it from flexing its way open when traveling down the freeway. These not only give you clearance for the threads, but also gives you multiple angled surfaces to mount the lights, giving you the ability to point them where they need to go. Factory location, in my mind, has always been way too low. I've got four of these bad boys putting down a lot more light over a lot more area than that puny anemic OEM light. But how do you make them come on when you open the hood and turn off when you close it? Like the factory switch is no good. Well, the answer is called a pin switch. And it's essentially a spring-loaded plunger-style switch, not unlike the old-school door switches. You can get these on Amazon for like six bucks, and they even come with a cool L-bracket and a crimp connector. All you have to do is supply your own wire, and you're good to go. Now, the other good news is you don't have to go hunting for a power and ground source. It's already wired in for you right there where the factory light is. Just cut those wires one at a time. Doing them both at the same time is going to pop a fuse. Running the positive to the light, positive wire, and the negative of the lights will be fed by the pin switch. Trust me, we're literally talking about two connections and a handful of screws, and you're done. So if you're tired of having to have someone hold your flashlight for you, or you're just tired of the way it tastes in your mouth, and a headlamp messes up your Jeep hair, well, then considering upgrading your underhood lights to a chain of LEDs. It's easy, it's cost-effective, and yes, even you can do it. <laughs> well, let's hope so. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I was uh, I was really trying to grab that picture that you have in the show notes. It's a great picture. I wanted to post that up. Well, I guess we'll have to stick that into the show notes. Uh, 
So have you had to work on your vehicle using those lights or have you just well, gone out are, there at midnight and worked on it with just those lights because you had them? Well, these are these are brand new. I actually just installed these over the weekend. Uh, so I, I, I've i had these for years. I just haven't done anything with them. And uh, while I was in there doing uh, some stuff for my cowl intake, I was like, well, while I'm here, I might as well do this. And uh, this this whole project has been a string of while you're in there, you might as well do sure. fill in the blank. Have you driven it yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tony, I love I love your optimism. <laughs> you keep working on it. I want to know if you've actually driven the thing. It's sitting there going, I I'm want to keep building this thing, and it's it's going to get so built, I'm not even going to be able to pull it out of the garage. The Jeep is this is the Jeep. It's saying you never want to take me anywhere. We just stay in this house we don't all go the time, anywhere, ever. <laughs> you never take me out anymore. And then all when you, you and then you do is tinker on me. <laughs> and then when you do, you talk about going to McDonald's. I want to go someplace nice. <laughs> Take me off road. <laughs> uh, great. That's great stuff. Wow. We actually have time for the campfire side chat this week. <laughs> So, uh, if you guys don't know, uh, we do this little uh, thing where we're all sitting by the campfire having a good time talking about a bunch of crap. You know how like you people do. Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't think about this. We should add some uh, can opening noises going on uh, right about now. Uh, we we... Broken on our PBRs. Right. Oh, that's right. I was. I was. You, you said that, and I was thinking P, PB and J. Like I didn't. Like peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Nobody wants to hear us eat those. <laughs> so um, I uh, I was digging around on Amazon, and, and and if you're digging around on Amazon, before you go there, go to uh, jeeptalkshow.com/slash/amazon. Nice segue. And uh, I uh, I want to hook up that back light that I have, that 20 inch LED light that I have the nice little red uh, covers for now. I want to hook that thing up, but I didn't want to just. Um, you know, wire it up and then come back and have to redo it. I wanted to have some shrink tubing to go on the long run that it, you know, cause it's going all the way from the back of the Jeep all the way to the front. And then I thought I, it would be nice to have a nice uh, power distribution unit. So I dug around on Amazon and found something that uh, wasn't too expensive. I, th I think this thing was around 10 or $15. I, I probably should have looked it up before I started talking about it, but but I have it here, and I was going to show you guys so you could uh, get an idea of what we're talking about. It's just this little box, and the thing that I thought was really cool, you can see where the the power is going to come in on this bolt that's sticking out, and it has a nice little cover, so I'm planning on putting that under the hood, uh, and uh, then you can see where the uh, automotive type uh, fuses go in but the thing that I thought and there's uh, six of them here and you can uh, you run your your wires to these uh, um, what do you call the thing uh, it's like a butt connector but it's uh, the kind that goes onto a uh, um, I'd be like a ring terminal or a no this is where you can just slide it on but it's like oh a, that will be just a quick disconnect a female quick disconnect there you go so the male uh, uh, disconnects are right here on on the block and so I can just wire this up really nice and pull it off if I need to. But the really cool thing is, I don't know if you can see that, those little red circles next to each one of the fuse holders. Right. Those are LEDs. And they come on if the fuse burns out. Hey. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? So uh, there should be no guessing uh, about which fuse is burned out. 
and uh, I'm planning on putting that up underneath uh, the hood, just uh, probably on that panel that's right underneath uh, where the hood, the back of the hood touches the uh, uh, the rubber uh, gasket, and just bolt it down, and then I'll be able to run my uh, my light and other accessories to it instead of uh, cramming them all on the uh, the post nearest the battery. You know where the power I really like lives. that, Tony. Uh, you're gonna have to uh, shoot us a link or something like that. Uh, did I miss how much you said that was? I was guessing. Um, I I'll have to put it up in the show notes. I don't think I paid more than twenty bucks for it, and twenty bucks seems high. I don't think I'd pay twenty that bucks for this. A little high for, for something like that. But, uh, but yeah, that's nonetheless. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Perfect solution for uh, setting up uh, some auxiliary lighting or or some other things in, in your Jeep. But it, and it even has a cover on it, so it'll keep the crap out of uh, the, the fuses and everything else, and very important in an off-road vehicle, even when it doesn't oh, yeah. go off-road. <laughs> Beat you to the punch. So yeah. uh, that's all I got. Uh, everything seems to be going well. I, uh, I did get it to fit in the parking garage. Uh, by, hey, good. Uh, my, I was going to ask you if you finally got that thing in there. My two meter, seventy centimeter uh, uh, antenna was uh, beat itself to death on the little uh, <laughs> on the the I beams that ran across, and uh, it literally, uh, I guess, going back and forth so so quickly, it actually broke itself off. So Yikes. now I can drive up to the the fifth or sixth floor at seventy miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Sideways. <laughs> Well, I am in full fab mode, guys. Uh, over Fabulous. the last several weeks, I have been just absolutely going berserk. It's on about my damn time, too. Yeah, I'll say. I know. So there, there, it's been, there was a while there, a very long stint that that I had lost my motivation, and I'd go out there and it's like, okay, you know, tinker here and there, and then I got to the point of where where I, I, anything I had to do was going to take me two or three hours at least, mm-hmm. and and I just didn't have the time. Uh, well, I finally made the time. And, uh, and I've been making the time and, and it's been really awesome because I've been getting, getting a lot of stuff done. So, uh, one of the projects, um, was adding a second battery and I knew that I was going to be relocating, um, the intake. It was just what I was going to be doing there. I decided to go with, uh, a cowl style intake and I had originally wanted to, to purchase one and I really liked the Thor kit. Well, Thor is no longer around or at least they're not around as they used to be. Uh, I can't find them anymore. Uh, so it was, um, and I, I, I sure the heck wasn't going to be um, sp- sending any money to Spectre at all. So um, my only resort then at that point was homebrew. And uh, and so in the process of, um, I'm, I'm still in the process actually of, uh, of designing and making that cowl intake. Now one of the sources that I found for parts is something I want to turn you guys on to. Uh, and that's siliconeintakes.com. And I know that sounds like something for your Honda uh, or Subaru or something like that. But uh, honestly, a lot of the stuff there could apply to uh, the Jeep world as well. Uh, for instance, they make some really, really good silicone parts. I'm holding up now for our live audience um, the silicone elbow that I'm going to be using for the intake. This is going to be coming off of the throttle body. And this goes from, uh, I think, two and a half inches to three inches. It's a reducer, or in this case, it's a uh, an unreducer. And uh, I got a bunch of clamps. I got a 60-degree elbow. I got a filter that doesn't fit. And I even got uh, some nice aluminum piping for the intake itself. I wanted to go this route versus the dryer vent uh, look because, frankly, (laughs) I don't want the dryer vent look. (laughs) All of this. Why is it so hot in the utility room? (laughs) Now, you bought that or you made that? No, I bought it. Okay. But weren't you making? All this came from siliconeintakes.com, and it all cost me less than $90 shipped 
Uh, it showed up a day early. It was very well packed and is in awesome condition. Uh, so now I did have to modify this elbow slightly because I have a throttle body spacer on there. Uh, so I did have to cut off about an inch off the bottom of the small side of this elbow uh, just so it wouldn't hit the hood when, when things close. Now, where I'm at with this whole project is the air filter uh, and locating that or relocating that into the cowl area. Now, the filter I picked up uh, ended up being too large and uh, isn't going to work for this application. So what I had done was kind of reverse engineer what Thor is doing. And I'm going with a smaller uh, filter that will go. Uh, it's more of a cylindri cylindrical filter. Uh, and I will give you guys well, what an filter, update on that. What filter Hopefully, were you putting in there? I thought you were going with a cylindrical one to start with. Yeah, I had planned on going with a cylindrical one, um, but I thought I might be able to make a cone-style fit. Uh, I was oh. So, um, I, look, I'm into all this parts less than $90. Yeah. Uh, and the filter itself, I think, cost me 16 16 or 17 bucks. I'll put that up on Craigslist for $20, and I'll make some money back on that and, uh, and call it good. You could build one for the Honda and use that cone, uh, that cone breather. <laughs> crone, crone. <laughs> I'm that not ricing that filter. thing out. I don't. I don't care. I, <laughs> Rice I get, is. I get enough trouble driving as aggressively as I do. I don't need to be doing anything like that to that thing. Rice and and butter or a rice and brown gravy is very good. I'll I'll just say. So there's a, a lot of cases. You're looking at me funny. You've never had rice and brown gravy. I'm not looking at you funny. I I actually had some pork chops with some gravy uh, and rice the other night. The other night, yeah, yummy, yummy. Uh, yeah. rice and gravy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I thought it might be a uh, regional <laughs> thing. Whenever I said uh, rice and brown gravy, and you were looking at me like, "Oh my god, what the hell is that? That's horrible." Anyway, well, that's good. Are, you, is yeah. there is there a possibility we could get an actual uh, write up, maybe on uh, yeah, JeepTalkShow.com so with pictures, pictures and things? Tony. Uh, that, that is in the works, uh, and I will be doing, um, a full write-up with dimensions and I have a, a lot of pictures. So you guys can be looking forward to that here very soon. Well, also too on xjtalk.com, but it'd be really cool. I'd like to see it because, you know, I would like to do uh, a second battery and I want to take, uh, I want to do something like you're doing, uh, but I want to run it to the snorkel. Oh, or you're going, or you're going to the cow. I just want to go straight over to the snorkel. And uh, then I'll, I'll be able to take that uh, um, that uh, box, the air box out of there and put in another battery. So that actually raises a good point. I think I will use that as a segue for next week's Tech Talk, where we're going to talk about some of the things you might want to consider when uh, choosing a second battery system. Yeah, and that's the other thing I'm going to want to know, too, because uh, I've been hearing lots of different things about uh, how you charge them. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I've heard them talk about doing it in parallel. I've heard them talk about, you know, charging one uh and and all it does is just sit there in case you need to start your vehicle and you run all the the, the vehicle lights everything off the the main battery and then you right. can switch over to the the backup which that's count, counter to what i've always heard in the past so um i think i've been listening to one of our sister shows uh, the four by four podcast i think it's where they were talking about that but uh, anyway, that's great. Well, also, uh, episode 221, I did go with a, uh, did do a full breakdown on dual battery systems as far as how to hook them up and mm -hmm. what you'll be needing to do so. Uh, so if you guys are interested in doing a dual battery system, go check out episode 221 of the Jeep Talk Show. And in uh, the, uh, the Tech Talk segment, uh, we talk about dual batteries. So Tammy, what do you got going on with your uh, Jeep life? Well, um... When I went to Roush Creek and I shared some videos and pictures of my Jeep on Trail 11 where I was 
a little tilted and everyone's like, oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. So <laughs> I went and bought myself an inclinometer. It's level O gauge. Level O gauge senior. Hang on so a second. Let me, get the, let me get the right camera on you, the right camera angle. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, and it's green at the bottom so we can see through it. Oh, there you go. Anyway, so that I, that's what I spent the rest of my Amazon gift card money on. Um, and then uh, one of my blog posts where I was talking about my purple air vents and somebody suggested some other parts that I could color purple. Um, the little... <laughs> The hood stoppers, right? Is that what you call them? Oh, and good. Little, You're talking about a, the a, little the little bar on top of the. Somebody was hood. being nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, they they were being nice. Anyway, I'm like, huh, because that way when I take pictures, you know, the hood shots of you know the jeeps in front of me, you can tell it's my jeep because it's the little purple. I don't know what that thing's called there on the hood, but we'll call it a purple nurple. Um, <laughs> but on Tuesday, I am gonna tread in some dangerous waters. Oh. I I know I have to go get my oil changed, and that um, when I bought my Rubicon, I got the whole little package thing with the dealer. So I will be heading back up to Adam's Jeep, which is never a good idea for me because you know what happens <laughs> when I go up there. So you guys will have to see if I do anything drastic on Thursday. Has uh, has your ha, does your husband break out in cold sweats? Uh, yeah, whenever? and it was funny because Jeep sent me a. Um, a coupon, their new, I forget, whatever, 2017 Jeep um, coupons are out. And I could get, trade in my Rubicon for a sport. <laughs> they gave me this little coupon. I'm like, Well, oh, sure no. you can. That way they can make a big profit on selling yeah. that Rubicon uh-huh. twice. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't think so. She's, so anyway. She's a woman. She doesn't know what she has. You know, she has right. a Rubicon. She, she'll stupid, never use that thing. You know, that's what stupid blonde. That's what these men are saying. And uh, they just, uh, they need to subscribe. You need to make some business cards. So as they're making those jokes and stuff, as you come up and as you leave, uh, they can be looking at the YouTube videos and they can go, holy hell, this yeah. lady actually takes this thing off road. Yep. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. So I saw that uh, that picture of uh, of you uh, off road and tilted. I think I even commented, "Is it supposed to be tilted like that?" Yeah, <laughs> no, that's what everyone was giving me grief about. Oh, and I'll also be curious to find out because um, you know I put on the oil pan transmission skid plate, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be, you know, easy access to change oil. So we'll see how easy it is. Oh, I wonder if they'll be cursing. Yeah, I know. So we'll we'll see. Don't go I also have to see if I um, scraped it up at all. Don't go in there apologizing. Let them let them see it for their first time, just as they you know like oh look there's a skid plate. Did we do that? Right. Well, we must have because she didn't <laughs> right. put that on. Yeah, <laughs> I do that. So, but if you go in there apologizing, then they'll they'll know that you're fully aware of it. And uh, but yeah, I wouldn't don't don't apologize. There's nothing wrong with having a skid plate. So everyone needs to to tune in on next Thursday to see if I come home. All in one piece. Oh boy, a lot of stuff happening next week, guys. Got to tune in. And and that that brings us to our wheeling where. Josh, take it away. Well, this is where we talk about what events are coming up in your guys' neck of the woods and around the nation. The last couple few weeks, I've been telling you about the Ventura County Off Road Show and the Mid Florida uh, uh, 13th Annual Jeep Beach. And uh, both those are are awesome events, but uh, this one is something I want you guys to check out now. Genrite does this thing where they do what's called the Genrite 4x4 night. 
And they do this several times throughout the year, multiple locations nationwide. Now, this is really cool. It's kind of like a cruise in for Jeeps. And uh, if you want to check out a lot of uh, cool other cool Jeeps and uh, talk to some really cool you know, industry people, uh, check, go check out genright.com and check out their runs and events section. I guarantee you there is a Genright 4x4 night happening near you. You can also just head to your local Genright authorized dealer. Uh, they should be able to have the skinny for you as well. Well, that's about it for this week, Jeep Junkies. Wherever you guys are wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you guys pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better, condition than they were when we arrived. Make sure you guys are always treading lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. You guys have an event coming up in your area. Let's get the word out. Whether it's a show and shine, a cruise in, a club run, a fundraiser, or a huge event like the Easter Jeep Safari, let us know by giving us a call or sending us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. And Jeepers, we know you guys are making purchases all the time. We see it in our Amazon You Bought What every month. So the next time you guys order something for your Jeep, make sure you ask the business if they know about us. And if they, if you're buying a product or a service from that vendor because of a review or discussion you heard here on the show, let them know. And if they haven't heard about us yet, be sure and tell them about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. Who knows? Might even get some discounts out of the whole deal. We had somebody actually uh, tell Terraflex about us, uh, about Wrangler Talk, uh, XJ Talk, and the Jeep Talk Show. And, oh, very uh, cool. Yeah, he sent me a, a PM, letting me know that he was going to be doing that, and uh, he would let me See? know. He would let me know what they had to say uh, when uh, when they responded, and they responded with, "We're sending out the uh, the parts you requested. Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried, and I told yeah, him, I, I told him that if uh, enough people uh, tell them, tell TerraFlex or any businesses out there about. Uh, the website or the talk show, uh, they're going to hear it enough and go, well, you know, this maybe this is a, a, a big dang deal and we need to pay attention to it. So please. We are a big dang deal, dang it. <laughs> well, we just have to convince everybody else. We know it, but we have to convince everybody else. My mom hey, is like, completely on board with this, by the way. <laughs> we'd like to convince <laughs> you guys to give our voicemail line a call, 530-675-4102. Or if uh, using the phone isn't quite your thing, you can always leave us a voicemail through our virtual voicemail system called SpeakPipe on our website. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com. Yeah, we love hearing from you guys on the Twitter, too. We're getting quite a Twitter following uh, uh, at Jeep Talk Show, strangely enough. And uh, we even uh, you may even be added to a list, a special list called JTS. Josh is uh, like completely blanking. They have lists on Twitter, Josh. You can add people to it. And wow, you, what's this tweet thing you're talking about? It's like the, the, the sound the bird does as it hits the grill while you're driving down the road at 70 miles an hour. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Don't forget about our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Thursdays, 10 p.m. Central, every week, guys. Have a great Jeep week. See ya, everyone. Jeep is off-road. Jeep is about the journey. Jeep has a great story. A story that I want to tell. I'm a voiceover talent, and I'm going off-road with a grassroots marketing campaign to voice for Jeep. Want to join me on the ride? I could sure use the company. Please tag Jeep. Post a link to kb4jeep.com. Add a message and use the hashtag MyJeepStory. Thanks, Jeep Talk Show and your listeners for your support along this crazy journey. See you on the social media trail.